Welcome back, folks, to the Mailwright Show. It's episode 167. We've got a great guest. We've got Christopher Startford um, joining us, who's a real estate agent, a coach, a entrepreneur, and he's going to be sharing some of the his thoughts about the real estate industry and what's also worked for him about generating leads and building his business. Unfortunately, my co-host Robert is not with us, um, but hopefully we'll be back next week. Chris, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Sure. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Jonathan. Yeah, I've been in the business. I'm selling, uh, been selling real estate in San Francisco for, my gosh, over 25 years, 26 years. I'm a real estate broker here, and um, real estate was always just one of my passions. I started off as a CPA with PricewaterhouseCoopers, and mm. after about 11 years, Jonathan, I said, I hate this job. I felt like I was crying when I, every night when I would go home. I said, I just can't do this anymore. And so, um, freedom, my, <laughs> give me freedom. <laughs> exactly. And then one of my mentors, you know, said, you know, find your passion, do something that you're really interested in, which was real estate. And uh, my only regret, I love it. I love uh, helping sellers and buyers. I primarily am a listing agent here in San Francisco. Uh, and I never looked back. My only regret in life is that I didn't do it sooner. That's great. So, um, what do you see are some of the major, um, issues that real estate agents in this market at the present moment are facing? Well, you know, as I mentioned to you earlier offline, Jonathan, I'm also a real estate coach and I've been talking to a a lot of realtors uh, across the country. And I think that the biggest thing right now is, is that we've had such a good run with real estate. And, you know, I've been in the business, as I mentioned to you a long time, I've seen more than, uh, more than one downturn in the real estate market. And I think that the biggest thing right now that I'm really trying to get realtors to do is to uh, just be consistent in their activities. You know, it's really easy when the market is so great and it's steaming hot right now and we're starting to see some sounds of signs of some slowdown in the rest of the country. It's really easy just to sort of like, it's almost like we're order takers, you know. I don't know what the market is in your particular area, whoever's listening to this right now, but in San Francisco and a lot of the marketplaces I'm familiar with, you know, but you put a place on the market and you get 16 offers and selling way over the asking price and you don't really have to have a lot of skill to sort of deal with that. I think it's when the market takes a downturn, and this is really what I'm trying to get realtors to do, is to be consistent in their prospecting. You've got to learn the skills and how to find listings. And um, I just, I think that's a very difficult thing for, including myself, it's a really difficult thing for a lot of realtors to do. I think you've put that so well, actually, Chris. Thanks, thanks for that. So, um, what are some of the things that you recommend around getting that consistency? Well, that's a really good question because I think that one of the biggest things for me, and I and I love saying this, is that you know Tony Robbins always said that uh, success is really eighty percent mindset and twenty percent is just technique. And so, the first thing I think that you know, real estate brokers I'm really trying to do, and that's part of my program, my real estate program, my coaching program, is I concentrate not just on hardcore real estate techniques, but I'm also concentrating on brain hacks and how to, what we can do to be the best person we can. Because, you know, let's face it, getting on the phone, we are salespeople. You know, we're not sitting around the water coolers eating donuts trying to find uh, listings. We, if we are really having an epic listing business, we really need to, you know, be salespeople. 
And we need to be on the phones and looking for sellers every single morning. I do that every single two hours a day. I do that every single morning. Um, and I think that's really key for us to do that. But you can't do that and you can't develop that consistency practice without having starting off your day and being right, doing the right things with your mind, doing the right things with your body, working out, meditating. So I have a very strict regimen that I use every single morning to, to get myself ready and get myself into the zone. And I think that everybody has to find that for themselves. You know, but for me, it's meditating every single morning, swimming, working out, doing some kind of exercise, coming home, journaling, writing your goals, having a nutritious breakfast. And I swear to God, when I do that every single morning, I'm on fire and I really feel good about getting on the phone and prospecting for new listings. And so I think that's the biggest thing that everybody has to do. And at the risk of being long-winded, just one other quick thing too. If you're not prospecting consistently every single morning, what you got to do is you have to develop that habit. And I strongly recommend people just take baby steps. You know, just start, you know, if you really want to start calling your sphere of influence or you really want to start calling expired listings, start with just small little steps to help you develop that consistent, that consistency and the more the small steps that you take, the more you do those small steps successfully, you gain more momentum, you gain more confidence to want to do more. So, yeah, I brought that plane in for a landing, Jonathan. You certainly did. <laughs> and it's so important, folks, because obviously um, with the MailRight platform and some of the other platforms that generate online um, leads, they basically, you, you're still going to have to communicate with that lead you're still gonna have to have that one-to-one conversation on the phone probably and then in person you know online leads um you know obviously um they're not in any shape or form to the same quality as a really strong personal referral so but there are techniques methodologies that make them much more warmer than a cold phone call mm-hmm. but in the same context of what you're saying Chris you still you're still going to have to call them you're still going to have to engage them in confidence and, and then do that presentation to them for them to um, sign up and be your client so that personal side cannot be removed can it Chris it cannot be removed I think that you know what you're doing as you're doing with this podcast which I think is just amazing and you know the whole lead system that's all great I mean that's all phenomenal but you know if you have 60 leads sitting on your on your desk and you're not you know and not only just contacting them initially but where a lot of people fall down to is is you know follow-up you know and, and following up with these people so yeah that's absolutely key very critical the other factor, uh, like your opinion, or I'm still amazed at um, at the amount of active real estate agents that have got a reasonable career, career, um, but they they're really not building up a database and really not doing anything with that database. Is that something you observe quite regularly? And you got any reasons why people resist mm-hmm. building a database? You know, that's really a good question, Jonathan, because I think that the one thing that blows my mind is, you know, there are some people that are go out and they, they'll call, they'll do cold calls, they'll knock on doors, they do expired listings. And, you know, these people 
are constantly rejecting you. And I don't understand why people don't follow up with their sphere of influence, or as you would say, to build your database, call your sphere of influence. Um, I think that is so key. I think calling your sphere of influence should be the foundation of any salesman's uh, business, including real estate brokers. And if you're not doing that, then you're really shooting yourself in the foot. And the funny thing is, Jonathan, I think you hit the nail on the head because the truth is, is there's so many agents that don't. I, I, I coach real estate agents that are making big bucks and they are doing all these elaborate systems and doing these cold calls and this and that. And yet they won't call their family and friends and ask them for referrals. And to me, it's just, it blows my mind. And, you know, I say, you know, you're being rejected by these people all the time. What do you care if you ask them for referrals? I've got a really easy line that I always say to people. I says, number one, start, start small, you know, maybe call one or two people a day. You know, I'm calling on average roughly 15 to 25 people in my sphere of influence every morning. I do that first thing in the morning. That's the first thing I do before I do expired calls, call probate attorneys or anything else. And the easiest thing to say to them is chances are you can always get the conversation to be about real estate. And one of my favorite lines to say to them is, hey, you know, the real, because they always ask about real estate. And I say, listen, you know, the problem that we have with San Francisco real estate right now is we have a shortage of listings. So we need more listings. So if you know anybody that's even remotely thinking about selling, you know, let me know. And to me, that's such an easy thing. That's an easy ask because you're not coming right out and saying, you know, do you know any, do you have any referrals? But you're also, you know, identifying a problem and you're having the person sort of participate in the solution to that problem. And to me, I think that's really a sort of soft pedal and a great way to, you know, introduce the whole asking for referrals concept with your sphere of influence. So I, I just don't understand why agents don't do it more. So you're right. Um, but the, the strange thing is, isn't it, there's never been a better time to get leads because you're in an industry that most people love, love looking at homes, seeing videos, mm. learning about other homes. You, you, as an agent, you're dealing with, it's not plumbing, is it? You know, it, it's a lot more sexier. So to yeah. get people's interest, especially... Um, it's a lot more easier if you market yourself online effectively. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like a lot of my friends call it real, realtor porn. You know, they <laughs> love getting online and they love looking at listings and they're sort of addicted to it. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good point. And I just don't understand it too because I, Dale Carnegie, I think there's a quote from Dale Carnegie. I may get these numbers wrong, but they said something crazy like 87% of your friends and family want to give you referrals. And yet only 11% of salespeople ask for referrals. So, you know, there's this huge disconnect between, you know, what you think in your own head and what your friends and family are willing to do for you. And there, nothing sucks more, Jonathan, than driving down the street and seeing a for sale sign from another company in your friend's front yard. <laughs> so It's not great, is absolutely, it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You need to be calling your sphere of influence for sure. No. So, um, we've... So you said you you got some high performing um, agents as your client as as your clients in your consultancy practice. Uh -huh. Why do they join? Why do they hire you? And what are some of the? Is it they just um, they've just got to a certain level which is very profitable, but they can't move the business? Or what are some of the reasons why they hire you when they've got a certain level of success, but they feel they've got to hire you to help mm -hmm. them? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that for a number of reasons. So I have a program called the Top Producer Collective, and it's a coaching program that not only is, do I provide coaching, but it's also accountability and it's a mastermind. 
And I think those are two critical components because, you know, my average sales price in San Francisco is a little over $2 million per house. So, I, and I've been in the business for a really long time. You know, I'm, I'm doing okay in real estate um, and having a great life here in real estate. But I will tell you, I've been in the business for a long time. Every single of those years, I have always been in some kind of mastermind group. Uh, and I've also been in some kind of accountability group because the bottom line is, is whether you're making $5 million a year in real estate or $50,000 a year in real estate, if you want to get better or you want to stay where you're at, it's really important to have a, a group around you that is supporting you because, you know, we're all entrepreneurs. I mean, we're all sort of like on an island trying to do this by ourselves. And when you try to do things by yourself, it just never works. So I think being part of a mastermind group where you can get motivated, you get incentives, you get um, great ideas from what other real estate agents are doing in different marketplaces. Uh, I think that's been invaluable to me. I'm in a mastermind group right now and I will continue to be in a mastermind group because it gives me the greatest high, not only being able to be coached and motivated by these people, but I learn all kinds of new ideas. And the same thing with accountability. I have an accountability person that I have to report to every single Friday. I have goals set and I've got to report those goals to them on Friday. And so to answer your question, I think it's really important for all of us that want to succeed, no matter what level you're at, is to get that accountability and to to mastermind with other successful individuals. It is just a great thing for your business. Thanks. I think we're going to go for our break. And um, when we come back, we continue this great discussion with Chris. And we'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRight. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. We're coming back. We've had a great conversation with Chris, um, I'm missing my I'm missing my co-host Robert, but uh, um, we give him a break, won't we, folks? He's missed this episode. He's a naughty boy, but there we go. Uh, um, I was thinking during the end of our on part one of our conversation, Chris, is that um, as you were talking about the benefits of mentorship and of coaching, and that what do you what do you hear and what do you see are some of the more effective ways of generating leads online? Hmm. Yeah, I'd say um, one of the best things to generate leads online um, is people that really know Facebook ads are really having a lot of success. The only thing that I, I'd say about Facebook ads is that um, you've got to be really careful with Facebook ads. If you're not an IT person, like I'm not an IT person at all, uh, you just you can blow through a lot of money if you really don't know what you're doing. I mean, you can wake up one day and say, "Oh my God, I," you know, I talked to one woman that uh, a real estate agent in South Carolina, and she was so proud of herself because she set up this huge Facebook campaign and all that. She ended up spending eight hundred dollars over the course of like two weeks or three weeks. And I asked her, I said, "Well, how many leads did you get?" And she said, "Well, I got one really good lead, but I haven't signed the listing yet." And I says. So you spent $800 to get one lead on Facebook? I'm like, ah. So, you know, you got to be really careful with Facebook. I, um, I, I like doing more expired listings, uh, calling your sphere of influence, getting personal referrals, uh, that type of thing. 
Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Um, it depends on what you call a lead, doesn't it? Mm. You know, there, there's a lot of confusion and misinformation about, and you always have to have that conversation with an agent. What do they see in their mind as a lead? What do you classify a lead as, Chris? Well, for me, it's somebody that's going to sell in the next six months. So, you know, there's some room in that. You know, if somebody does say they're going to sell in 12 months, you know, I'll probably put them on my uh, follow-up list, put them into my CRM. But, yeah, anybody that's going to sell, you know, in the next week to six months, to me, that's a lead. Yeah, that's a reasonable um, attitude. I would agree with that. A quality, a reasonable quality online lead, mm-hmm. I would classify that I would broaden it out between six and 12 months, mm-hmm. but from one week to six months is realistic. Right. Um, I think one of the factors that a lot of agents don't realize is the volume of online leads that you've got to generate because even with a quality campaign, you're probably going to only get a 3% um, result. So 100 people come into your online funnel, your online system. If you can get 3% of those that turn into a signed contract, that that's a high. It's not on average, it's going to be between 1% and 2%. Mm-hmm. So you can see com- compared to your more traditional um, lead generation um, methodologies, You've got to have a lot of people going into that online funnel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely and I, think, agree with that. I think a lot of agents don't understand that, do they? No. Yeah, I absolutely totally agree with that. You know, and it's something that's similar. That's no different. You know, I was going to say when you said 3%, I was going to say, yeah, 2 to 3%, because that's no different than, you know, knocking on doors, calling, well, maybe not calling expireds, but call, just general cold calling. You're going to have probably a 2 to 3% return on your energy. And follow through is really important. Um, so you say you, you use a, a CRM yourself. Which one do you use personally? Well, right now I'm personally, I'm using Vulcan 7. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Vulcan 7, but it's no, a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty uh, robust CRM because not only does it act as a CRM and allows you to follow up in the future with people, uh, but it also has a... Um, uh, expired listing component. So mm-hmm. basically what's really cool is they, they tell you all the new listings in your marketplace every single morning. So you just have a whole list of uh, expired listings that you can call. And the best part about it too, and I'm not a spokesman for them, I get nothing for this, but the best part of them too is uh, it does also call you. It makes the calls for you. Right. So it, it makes your calling really easy. Right. So what basically, what is the kind of methodologies you know, the conversations, the scripts that you use with these expires then, Christopher? You know, I keep it really simple when I'm calling expired. First of all, I try to establish, am I talking to the right person? And then when I am talking to the right person, I usually say, you know, something on the order of, I just saw that your house just came off the market. Do you have any plans on putting it back in the market? Wait for their answer if they say, a lot of times they'll say, no, forget it. We're never going to put it back in the market. Fine. Other times I'll, you know, then I, if that's the case, I'll try to follow up with some other questions, just probing them to see why your house didn't sell and all that good stuff. But if they do say, I'm, we're going to put your house on the market, 
uh, we're going to put the place back in the market in the next three months, six months, 12 months, whatever. Then, you know, I'll ask them questions again, why their house didn't sell. I'll try to get the appointment at that point. I do not stay on the phone a long time with mm-hmm. them. Uh, I don't ask like 18 questions, you know, like a lot of people tell you to do. I just not into it. I try to get the appointment. If I don't get the appointment, what I, what I do say is, would you mind if I send a card? to you. And what I do then is instead of sending a card, frequently what I'll do is I put a pre-listing package that I have. Mm-hmm. If anybody's interested in my pre-listing package, just hit me up, send me an email. Uh, but I can, I, I take a pre-listing package, which is a really nice thing with, you know, testimonials, referrals, and what my marketing plan is. And I put it in a nice folder and I put an express mail envelope. So I'll either uh, go to the post office and mail it express mail, or I will actually hand deliver it and knock on the door and give it to them. All right. That's a nice personal touch. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree with that. Yeah, I do. That's a nice touch. Um, one of the other factors is that I think one thing a lot of agents don't understand is almost like 70, I understand that 70% of communication is nonverbal, mm-hmm. uh, but you're mostly dealing w- with phone conversations a lot of the time you know a lot of agents they're on the phone a lot mm. and i think the, what i don't think they realize i just want to see if you if you agree is that the tone of your voice the way that you come across in that first 10 seconds really is gonna be a strong element on connected to if the conversation is going to continue would you agree with that? Key. Absolutely. I think that's absolutely key. I think in the first, when they answer the phone, you can find out if somebody's northeast of London or if somebody's from the deep south or if somebody's really tired, no matter what it is. What you should try to do, and this is no surprise to a lot of salespeople, is try to mimic what the way that they're talking. So, and a lot of times that it's really important. People aren't, when they're first talking to you, they're not going to know that you're mimicking them. So a lot of times people feel uncomfortable mimicking other people. But you want to uh, mimic their tone, their tonality, the rate of their speech, if they're talking slower. I'm from Midwest. I talk really super fast, as you can tell. But I really try to make an effort to really match their, uh, if somebody answers the phone, they say, hello. Well, I'm going to answer the phone and say, hello. My name, you know, I'm going to speak slower. I'm going to try to match their um, speech as much as possible. I think that's so important. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And it's a point that a lot of agents don't realize because I've, I've been in rooms where people, agents have been making calls and the, the, the God gave, there's a reason why God gave you two ears and one mouth, isn't it? Right, exactly. You should exactly. be listening a bit more than there, um, and it just seems right. to be kind of verbal diarrhea to some extent. Well, exactly, because if you, you're talking to a seller and they're from Alabama, they've got that you know twang, and they've got that real slow rate of speech, and you're sitting there like me talking 100 miles an hour, they're going to be talking, they're going to be totally turned off by you. And conversely, you know, somebody that is from the north and, you know, they're not going to have that or if somebody speaks really slow, whatever it is, they're just going to be turned off of it. It's all about building rapport, people. <laughs> so um, in our pre-show chat, you um, talked about a book that you've written. Would you like to um, tell the listeners and viewers about that, Chris? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Well, uh, I had a... I wrote a book. It's actually called Massive Abundance, How to Create Passion, Purpose, and Prosperity in Your Life. Uh, I wrote this. It came out of some really bad things that happened to me in my life. 
uh, health-wise, relationship-wise, and all that, wrote this book, and that's when I started the coaching program. And if anybody wants to go to my website, they can reach me there, ask me any questions. Uh, my website is epiclistingagent.com. And if you hit me up there at epiclistingagent.com or on Facebook, Epic Listing Agent, I will send you the book for free. Oh, that's great. How many pages is it, Chris? It's three. No, <laughs> no it's, I don't even know. I think it's like 225 or something. Oh, it's, not, it's not a tomb then. Uh, um, that, that sounds totally manageable. So um, also, Chris, what's the best ways of getting hold of you um, as an agent or as a coach? Absolutely. You can see my coaching program, the Top Producer Collective, on my website. And you can also email me off my website. Again, that's epiclistingagent.com. And also, you, I'm on Facebook also at uh, Epic Listing Agent. All right. That's great. i got one final question. Um, what, what has been the one person reflecting that has in the real estate industry that you respect the most or has influenced you the most? Wow. I would have to say, wow, nobody's ever asked me. That's a good question, Jonathan. Probably one of my strongest mentors would be George McNabb, who is one of the owners of the company where I work. Uh, And he just, he's an attorney by background and training, but he just has the most insightful uh, ways of looking at real estate, not only real estate sales, which is how I first started following him, but then also real estate investing. And so I've followed a lot of his advice in terms of uh, investing in real estate myself. So he's had probably over the years the biggest impact on me. Oh, that's great. So we're going to wrap up this podcast. We're going to have another great guest next week. Hopefully Robert will be able to join me and we'll see you next week, folks, where we hopefully will give you some insights and information that will help you become a more effective real estate agent and get that success that you're looking for, not only for yourself, but for your family. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. (laughs) 